That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. And now, are you effing kidding me with JoJo from Jerry's? I'm recording this intro on the 4th of July before I head out with the kids to a barbecue and hopefully weather permitting some fireworks and in a way it's kind of perfect that it's the fourth because this day really brings so much of what motivates me into focus it brings so much of what's going on in our country at the moment into focus and it's it's deeply personal for me for a great many americans i suspect because there is this idea that those of us who are fighting against tyranny don't actually love this country. And that couldn't possibly be more wrong. That is precisely why we fight. We are talking about a country where nearly half of the American people voted for someone who went on to plot a coup, someone who incited an attack on our capital, someone so cavalier with our national defense information that not only did he steal it, he lied about stealing it. He hid it in his bathroom and shared it with every Tom, Dick, and Sally, the slutty Saudi spy. And the thing is that it's wrong. It's a betrayal of this country. And once upon a time, that wouldn't be up for debate. That's not the time we live in. So many of us, myself included, refuse to let that behavior be normalized because that's not who America is and it's not what we deserve. The Trumpy cult that is MAGA has co-opted patriotic symbols and words. They've turned them into dog whistles for white nationalism and it's time to reclaim them, not to relinquish them to the authoritarians and the crackhead conspiracy theorists. A patriot defends the Constitution, defends freedom of speech, defends free and fair elections, and accepts the results of those elections. So, to my friends out there who feel the way I do, to those of you who are also sick and tired of this BS idea that you hate your country this 4th of July, I hope you fly your American flag, wear your red, white, and blue, and in the weeks, and months and years ahead, maybe volunteer on a campaign, and above all, vote. That is how we reclaim these symbols and phrases from those who try to sully them in the service of a traitor who has his sights set on authoritarian rule. With that said, let's get to my interview with Tristan Snell, a lawyer who helped to litigate the Trump University case. I really hope you enjoy it. My guest today is Tristan Snell. Hello, Tristan. So thank you for hey. coming on. Thanks for having me. Thank you. This is my, I think, third recording of the Are You Effing Kidding Me with JoJo from Jurist Podcast. So I really appreciate you coming on. 
Um, let's read your Twitter bio um, so that we can get a little bit of insight into who you are. It says, lawyer, fighter for democracy, advocate for innovators and creators, prosecuted Trump University at New York AG, commenter MSNBC. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background, uh, why you're using social media to fight for democracy, and so on. Yeah, so let's see. I've been a lawyer for 20 years now, which is a horrifyingly large number. <laughs> um, and uh, I've always kind of had a uh, a magnet for, you know, wanting to be on sort of big, crazy cases where I got to really make a big difference. And one of the ones that I just got lucky to be on at the right place at the right time was the Trump University case. That has now led to a lot of other opportunities. First, it was leading to, you know, some TV stuff. But then, you know, finally, I was like, you know, maybe I should actually be online every day and not just on the days where I'm randomly going to be on TV and let's see what would happen. And that was about two years ago. And then it's just been, you know, I, I've, I think, again, I've gotten really lucky that the news cycle has been where it was, but I'm just really grateful every day for the opportunity to get to do what I do because it's a lot of fun and I like being right in the middle of a fight and I plan to stay there. So, yeah, yeah. that's where I am. That's awesome. It's one of those, it's another one of those stories where on some level you you find yourself wishing that Donald Trump wasn't a reality. You know what I mean? You find yourself wishing that right. we that we could that we could, like I said today, that we could expunge his entire presidency. But at the same time, like it it sort of activated so many of us and gave so many of us a voice and you know, really engaged us in in wanting to fight. I feel like we really yeah. had to fight. Yeah, like fundamental things related to our democracy. So it's the double-edged sword that is Donald Trump. Yeah, I think that I hope still that it will be one of these, you know, what does not kill you makes you stronger kind of things. And that we're going to, this is an awful, awful time that we're living through, but that it is going to cause us to fight and to reform things and renew things build stronger laws, be better at fighting for the things that we believe in, uh, and to come out of these couple of, I, I, look, I fear we've got another decade of like awfulness ahead of us that might not be just centered on Donald Trump. It's going to be centered on a lot of other stuff that's going wrong in the world right now. But I think we're, I do have this, like, I have a lot of short-term pessimism, but long-term optimism about where things are going. And, uh, you know, I do believe that we're going to come out the better for it. It just sucks in the meantime. <laughs> There's no way around it. But, um, but you know, I'm, you know, it, we just got to keep pushing. Yeah, I think we we took so much for granted. I think before. Yeah, that's true. And the way I think about Trump often is I think about him as sort of like as, as either a mold or a virus or a fungus, something that gets into the cracks and spreads yep. and then spreads the cracks further, cracks that might have yep. been like minuscule or imperceptible yep. to the, the naked eye. And he yep. has a specific talent for finding those little fissures and cracks, particularly yep. particularly in our institutions and inhabiting those spaces and then just breaking them wide open. Places yep. that, that others who have gone before him either didn't see as opportunities, didn't see at all, or certainly wouldn't have taken the opportunity to expose those cracks and fissures yep. in our and, and and one of those, obviously, is that there is this question as to whether or not a sitting president, or in this case, a candidate for the office he once tried to steal, is in fact above the law or if they mm -hmm. are not. 
And that is, he, he's, right. again, that's another talent of his. He's really good at bringing up these questions, these constitutional questions, these crazy questions that no one else has managed really to bring up before. So that's a question. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, the the number of shifting explanations of his for uh, regarding the Mar-a-Lago documents. It's it's uh, it, it it's it's been kind of it, it would be hilarious if it weren't so scary. That's a lot of this comes off as comical, except when you have to think too hard about what those documents represent. They represented, uh, you know, military missions. They represented people. They represented uh, spies and informants and other human intelligence sources that have potentially now been compromised. Uh, you know, it's literally the you know key elements of our national security at stake. But yeah, to go to like the question marks that he's tried to raise around these laws, it's the laws are actually pretty clear cut because we went through this mm -hmm. uh, because Nixon tried to run off with a bunch of documents post Watergate. Uh, and we actually had to, and then he tried to sell them mm -hmm. to make money. Uh, and then after in the wake of all of that is when we passed the presidential records act and laws are often not that well written about what they actually are trying to get at. And the PRA is not one of those. It's one where it actually says flat out, like what the law is there, where it says that those records belong to the United States, not to the president. It's very, very clear. So any wiggle room that he's trying to create there, he's trying to create it, but it's all based on legal fiction. None of that is true. Uh, there is no universe in which he gets to keep these records afterwards. Um, he's allowed to keep his personal effects. And, he, and But the idea that he's going to be able to say that something that was even if it wasn't classified, there are documents that then they have like the letterhead, you know, those aren't personal. If it's, if it's got the white house letterhead on it, that's not personal anymore. It was not a memento. It's not, it's not like, Oh, Hey, Angela Merkel gave me this like, you know, plate mm -hmm. or like a little, like, you know, figurine at a dinner, you know, Oh, she, you know, she wrote me a personal note on a napkin and it was funny. And so I kept it like, Great, but that's there's no universe in which that's what he's doing. He's taking documents that were official memos, and many of them were classified, and then he kept those. And he knows exactly what they are. They're very clear on their face what they are. We have that recording of him where he where he makes it clear uh, to other people that were with him at Bedminster that he had at least this one record that was a, a blueprint for a military strike on Iran. Uh, that he knew was classified and he knew he shouldn't have had it and he knew he had it anyway and he was showing it off to people mm -hmm. but also being a little bit coy about it where he's like I should show you but I shouldn't show <laughs> you it's you know it there's no question here about a lot of the criminal intent here and then he's trying to kind of wish it all away by saying that the law says something that it doesn't say uh, and that may be weirdly working with people in the media like they're now taking it where it does he's very good at exploiting the whataboutism and both sidesism of the way media covers these stories, where if he just says, blah, it doesn't really matter what blah is, now all of a sudden it's just like, well, here are all these facts that the one side is saying, and the former president of the United States says, blah, what do right. you think? And it's right. like, now that's the story, is like, mm -hmm. now we actually have to take his like, nah, his like <laughs> toddler rant and take it at the same face value as people that have had uh, security clearances 
and are national security experts and know this stuff and are there talking about it on television, somebody like Asha Rangappa, mm-hmm. you know, she's saying something that's based on law and fact and experience. And the president, former president is going, nah, and now that's like, you know, now we're going to talk about, well, who's right? And it's like, well, guess who's right? It's the person who actually is talking about the law. Now, so the media, that's become a problem. Mm-hmm. When we talk about the court case, are we actually going to be able to see a jury see through all of this garbage and take their job seriously and then reach the right outcome? And I'm cautiously optimistic that we'll get there. Uh, I would, i a little bit more queasy about it as a lot of people are, because this is going to be down in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would feel better about it if this were a jury in DC, yeah. but, uh, but we'll see what happens. But I, I do feel like once everything is laid out and we're in kind of the, it's not a, no, you know, it's not like courts are a no bullshit zone, but they're definitely a lower bullshit zone than like, you know, a CNN show. And I just feel like there's going to be a lot less room to just pretend the law is something that isn't mm-hmm. and actually have that be the judge, even Canon is going to have to get up there and then say, this is the law. She's going to read the statute to them. She's going to tell them what these different statutes cover and what and instruct them on what the law is that they're deciding on. And she's not just going to then suddenly say, I don't believe that she's suddenly then going to say, well, he was the president, so he got to do whatever he wanted. I don't think that she's that far down the rabbit hole. Uh, Other people may disagree with me. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I also yeah. think after being, as George Conway put it, being bench slapped by the 11th Circuit, that I don't think she has the appetite, probably, hopefully, to hopefully. continue down that rabbit hole. But I also, yeah. something George and I talked about too, that that sort of gave me a glimmer of optimism in terms of this jury in Florida, was that we discussed the E. Jean Carroll verdict and how quickly that jury mm. was able to reach that verdict. It was essentially two hours of the lunch break. And at least one of the jurors, <laughs> on, on the one of the jurors was, someone who confessed admitted proudly that he got not just some of but all of his news from the tim pool podcast right so for anybody who's not familiar with tim pool this is about as far right as it gets and so that right so i mean but that guy still voted to hold donald trump accountable for sexual abuse and for defamation and so like george you know he pointed out and i think He's right. I'd love to get your thoughts on this. But sometimes a, a jury 
when, you know, when they're charged with something, you know, of, of significant weight that they are, that they sort of, you know, behave according to the rules, right? Hopefully, you know what I mean? That's Hopefully. The idea. Yeah. That's the idea. I mean, that's, look, courtrooms are serious places, you mm -hmm. know, and I think that we're running out of those in, in, in America, weirdly, like we've, we've stopped treating a lot of these things seriously. Everything's just more fodder for jokes and memes and entertainment. And I think that, and, and then the problem is we're, we're beset by all of these, you know, sort of demagogues and, and hucksters and carnival barkers who are, who are, uh, they're, they're really, exacerbating the problem and also profiting from it. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot. And that gets back to like what Trump does to, to the system mm -hmm. um, and what he's been uh, so devilishly effective at. Uh, but I think that's right. You get people in, it's like, this is, you know, you get people away from, oh, this is not on the internet. It's not even on TV. This is actually real life. And now I'm here in this, in this courtroom uh, and these things are really happening and I'm in the jury and I actually need to listen to your a captive audience. You're there for eight hours a day, six, seven, eight hours a day. You've got the judge, you've got the government counsel. Um, you know, you're not, I don't think at any point in any of these matters, you're going to have these sort of like uh, these sort of reality suspension bullshit zone of having Donald Trump speak. Mm -hmm. uh, that does put, his side at a disadvantage, but he's kind of got a devil damned if you do, damned if you don't problem. If he gets put up on the stand, he's gonna get ruined on cross-examination because he can't keep his story straight and he lies so much. It would be if I were his lawyer, I would never, ever, ever want to put him under oath ever, if I could help it. Uh, but if you don't put him on there, then he can't really reach and do that weird mind-bending thing that he does to the Tim Pool audience member type of person. Um, and he can't like bend that person to stop paying attention to the judge and the big seal behind her and the American flags and the bailiff and the and the and the court reporter and all of that. Forget about all those trappings of like grown up seriousness and just focus on the like talky talk of 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 this entertaining figure that you think is got your interest at heart when he's actually conning you. You know that guy. Um, I do have some hope. It is part of where I have hope here. I think that the legal system is better equipped to handle this than our media system is. Yeah, well, also the media system, it, as you had said, I think enjoys the monetization of Donald Trump. So yes. there is, right? Yes, there's that's, that component. The, that's a lot of the problem. Right. Yeah, whereas the court system, their incentives are, they don't really care. What does a court system really care about? If you, because I worked for a federal judge for a year, that was a great experience. And I'll tell you what they really care about is they just want their docket to keep moving, and they want to get the outcome right. Of course, they do. Yeah. Uh, those are really the two big things: is they want to get it right, and they don't want to have a backlog because that looks bad. And they've got, as many folks might know, they've got this thing called the six-month list. Funnily enough, it's actually referred to in the courts often, if you work in a judge's chambers, federal judge's chambers, as the Biden rule. Hmm. It's because Biden uh, championed this when he was a senator and he was the chair of the Judiciary Committee. And, uh, and he was one of the people who came up with this rule. The rule it doesn't have any teeth to it. It just simply says that every six months, every federal chambers has to issue a report of all of the cases where they're, where they're basically backlogged, where it's been pending for too long. I can get into the details, but that, that's the basics of it. 
And what it does is it helps keep things moving. Then at the criminal level, you have the constitutional mandate for speedy trials. So these things are going to move pretty quickly. But if you're, if you're a judge, your worries are, this is better keep moving. And number two, I want to get it right. And kind of as a corollary to number two, I don't want to get overturned. Apropos to your point about the 11th Circuit, that's embarrassing for any judge. They never, ever, ever, the thing that really keeps them up at night is the idea of getting overturned on appeal. So Cannon having experienced that before, I do think that's going to be a check there. And it's, I, I think that, you know, we're not in the best place I would love to see for that case, but we're in a better place than we could be. Yeah, and I think something else that's a massive consideration, given that they won't have the noise of Trump and the circus and Marjorie Taylor Greene and everyone else who's dismantling facts 24-7, is that they will have Jack Smith's facts in front of them. Mm -hmm. uh, From what I understand, and you can definitely speak better to this, but the indictment was incredibly well vetted and fact based and there was lots and lots and lots of receipts and like you said 6 to 8 hours a day sitting there you know looking without all of the noise and distraction saying don't believe your own eyes and ears the, these facts on just on their face alone um will probably yeah. be quite shocking to even the most ardent trump supporter yeah, it's they've got the documents and then there's the, all the stuff that we don't have yet. Namely, they've got the, they'll have the audio tape of getting to hear him brag about having this document and and showing that he knew that it was still classified and that he hadn't declassified it. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a, that's going to be a wow moment for people. Um, eventually, we will get to hear that tape, but not probably until the trial. Uh and then we, and then it's, I think that it is highly possible that there are video recordings of documents being moved within right. Mar-a-Lago. And then they're going to show that the version of those videos that they received from the Trump organization had bits taken out. That was the reporting that came out in the media prior to the indictment. It's not in the indictment, but that doesn't matter. Just because it's not in the indictment doesn't mean it's not going to come out at trial. The indictment is just the opening act. Mm. And they don't put the indictment is what they 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 show just enough in the indictment to get the grand jury to indict. Yeah. And that's a fairly low standard, but it is a standard. It's like showing it is a girl not, girl. <laughs> They're just showing enough just to get you interested, yeah. just to get you intrigued. <laughs> then the main event comes later. Mm-hmm. And then we're really going to get to see what the government has in terms of evidence. And if they've got those kind of videotapes, look, the holy grail would be if you actually see Trump there with a box pulling <laughs> stuff out of it. They might actually have that. Yeah. Um, I don't believe that they would be bringing this matter if they didn't have a, if they didn't have the goods. I don't think they would because I just this is the, the stakes are too high. If you're going to bring this case, you have to win it. You have to win it. It has to be perfect. So I think that they really do have it. Otherwise, they wouldn't have brought the charges that they brought. And you're right. I think that once the jury gets to, they, they're they also, we'll see what they do. But a lot of times for these kind of things, they'll actually, when they sequester them, they'll say, you can't even watch TV and stuff like that. You can't actually consume any media content about this matter. They might order that. She should order that. Judge Cannon should order that because it should be that these people just get to be left alone with the facts, 
rather than getting to turn on the television and get to be polluted by all of these folks talking about this stuff and muddying the waters. Just focus on what's actually there in front of you. I think that's going to be the key. Yeah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Going back to when you said they have to get this right, they have to win this case, it's given the fact that with all of what we've already seen and what we already know exists, including the audio tapes of him basically saying like, I'm not supposed to have this. I could have classified this when I was present. It's almost like SNL worthy. Honestly, if they, if they weren't yeah. on strike, I would have thought it was an SNL script. Um, but, you know, given that we have all of these facts that we know about everything that's in the indictment, we know about, you know, who's testifying essentially, I mean, at least how many people with all of this, this incredible wealth of fact, right, of facts and mm -hmm. truth, and still the same people who are saying fake news, fake news, fake news are saying it, so you can't ever move them. So you really have to make sure that what you have in there is lock solid, because they're already yep. they're already attacking yep. what is vetted, what is true, what is factual, a photograph or many photographs of boxes and boxes and boxes of documents in his fucking bathroom. Right. So like they're already attacking the reality that we know exists. So you have to make sure that what you have is is absolutely locked down 100 percent. Yep. Can't get it. Yep. Totally. Yeah. So, OK, well, we'll keep an eye on Trump. And I've got a few minutes to ask you really fast. Just I just wanted to get your quick thoughts on what the hell is going yeah. on with the Supreme Court. OK, like we've got we've got fancy fishing trips, mystery mortgage payments. We've where did my where did my Nazi props go? statues? I had props for this. I had oh, props yeah. <laughs> for this one. Yeah, I got to see if they show up. I got I had props for this one. Okay, I want the props. They're gone. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where they <laughs> went. I'm gonna find them. Is it a fish? No, no. I had. You know what? They're gone. I had like I had these like uh, I had these like dollar bills that I was gonna shove into <laughs> into my lady justice here Aww. to like pay her off, but but I don't know where the money went. So yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't have any. Oh, there we go. There. No, I've got it. No, we're good. Okay. We're good. I've got it right here. So see, yeah, we've. This is my. This is my prop for this. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's just like you know that. That's the thing. It's like it's just like. Well, what outcome do you want? Take mm. take me on a fancy vacation, and maybe you'll get lucky. You know, it's like that's the kind of crap. It, it, this is it defeats the purpose of having a court. Yeah, and they're the only government employees that I know of, state, federal, local, whatever. That would be able to do this when you work in the federal government you work in state government work whatever when i worked in state government at the ag's office 
I think the to- I think the dollar figure that I was allowed to accept as a thing was like I'm not, I'm not joking. I think it was fifteen dollars. Mm. Anything above fifteen dollars, I had to report and clear. So, and we're in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. You can barely get lunch for that, right? You know, we there was the the the, the there was a bar downstairs, but it was too fancy. It was a Capitol Grill. Okay, and. People used to go there after work from from Wall Street, not far, not too far away from the stock exchange, and they would come over there. Like Jim Cramer used to come and hang out at this at this at this bar restaurant place, Capital Rose. It's it's a steakhouse chain, blah blah blah. Like a drink there, well, I could you could get a beer, but like a cocktail or a glass of wine there was like seventeen, eighteen dollars. So like there was one time where I was catching up with a friend who worked in something related to like, you know, uh, like legal tech or something like that. And he couldn't buy me a drink at this place because like, I, and I, and he was going to know, I'll get you a beer. That's only 10 bucks. And I was like, I, you know what? I'm not even going to take that. You right. can't take gifts. It's a thing. And it doesn't matter how high up you are. You can't, you're not supposed to, cause you're not supposed to let anybody influence your decision. You work for the people. Yeah. You don't work for yourself. And you're not supposed to be influenced, let alone if it's the Supreme Court. It, it like that makes it like a million times worse. So yeah, I mean, I could go on and on and on about this, but it's just it is absolutely just completely flabbergasting to me that we haven't been able to fix this problem. We don't have a binding code of ethics on these people where we actually there's actually consequences if they screw this stuff up, and they screwed it up so badly. And it's been going on for years. Like this is stuff Scalia was apparently doing too. We knew about it a little bit back then. I don't. I think it's coming out more and more how much he had been doing this. But it. I think it led to a feeling among some of these other justices that they could be even more brazen. Yeah. About this, uh, and it's just it's so far out of control compared to what we even knew about. It's just it's insane. But um, and I don't believe that anybody's really doing anything about it. And that really ticks me off because I just don't believe the Senate Judiciary Committee could be and should be doing a lot more on this and they're not. And that is a problem. They need Mm -hmm. to go find some chutzpah and get this done. They need to go investigate. They need to actually start pushing for legislation. And if the Supreme Court doesn't like it, it's like, great, guess what Congress can do? Take away your funding. Mm -hmm. So my take is defund the Supreme Court until it gets cleaned up Mm. completely. That, that's an interesting take. I hadn't heard that because one thing I'm just yeah. always exasperated by is the idea that it seems like the only mechanism in place to really truly hold them accountable is impeachment. And impeachment is such a Herculean task. It's not going to work. Right, it's, it's not going to happen. Not, right, and, no. not, in, not in these times, certainly. It would not really this, be. No. And then there's the idea of expanding the court, which is another Herculean task, which you know is constitutional, but let's be real, right? That's not happening with Joe Manchin, Chris Pearson, Cinema in, in, in the Senate or God forbid anybody else. Half of the Democrats wouldn't go for that anyway yeah, they so it's just they one of these mind-numbingly frustrating like are you effing kidding me this is not what the founders had intended and not at all surprising that only 25 percent no. of americans say they have a lot of confidence in the supreme court the lowest it's ever been because you've got yeah. nine people appointed to lifetime seats with incredible incredible amounts of power yeah. and they're supposed to be in charge of overseeing themselves and it's just it's not it's not tenable like you can't you can't, no. you can't work like this especially when they're taking away a 50-year fundamental right to human to women's bodily autonomy so yep yeah we're not yeah i mean i you i used to think i used to think that 
for a long, long time, I was I never questioned the idea that a, that a lifetime appointment was a good thing. I bought the conventional line that it's important because it preserves their independence from the other branches of government. However, look, I do believe that they need to not feel like you do want to kind of like they shouldn't be completely at the whims of public opinion. But at the same time, you can't have them be completely in a vacuum where they're no longer subject to any kind of accountability, especially with these kind of ethical breaches that could occur. And impeachment is too high of a bar. So I've actually arrived at the conclusion, not you're, gonna, you're not going to get this passed anytime soon either, but just wish list would be I, I now am in favor of saying it should be a it should be a, a set term and they don't get reappointed and it should be 18 years. And that should be it, in my opinion, for the entire federal judiciary. So that, that that should be, and it might even be shorter for other federal judges, but I think for the Supreme Court, I think 18 years is a good number. Mm-hmm. You could come up, you could say 15, you could say 20, you could say whatever, but it means that, that they're going to be there a while. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're, 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 they're going to have a chance to just kind of be there and do their thing and, and be independent, even from the president that appointed them. And they're not worried about getting elected again. So they're not going to be sort of like, trying to pander to people potentially to, to make sure they stay on there. Uh, but but they, there has to be some point at which you actually can say, well, now you're, we're, we're, you're not there forever. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not stuck with you forever with whatever horrible ethical misconduct you're, you're pursuing up there. There is an end point to that. You're not just there forever and you get to act with impunity. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Congress needs to to do their job. The Senate Judiciary definitely needs to do their job. They need, like you said, they need they need to man up. They need to get some cojones. They control the budget. Yeah, they control the budget for the entire federal judiciary. So nobody for the federal court system gets paid unless Congress. Congress holds the purse strings. That's right. part of what the founders intended. That's Congress's main power is the power of the purse. That's always been the the way the government was designed. And they can they have the power to say, that's it. We're just, oh, really, you think it's very nice for you guys to just be, you know, up on this pedestal in this building across the street. How about we shut the lights off? How about how about you work for free? Ain't none of those people gonna work for free. <laughs> right. We know that because they're taking all this free vacation stuff. They're they're clearly in it for like some kind of lifestyle bump. You know, yeah. if you take away their two hundred thousand, whatever a dollar it is salary and the 
the, and their staff and everything else. Do you think they're really going to keep working? Oh God. So that, that's what I would say is like, you know what, just send them home until they actually figure out how to behave themselves. That's what I would say. Hell yeah. And as, you know, as the American people, we need to make our voices clear on this so that the, the Congress yeah. hears us. It's ridiculous. It's yeah. so ridiculous. And and again, yeah. as they continue, I mean, we've had some surprising decisions coming down recently, and I don't know what that foretells, but I don't want to necessarily think about what it foretells. Right. The problem is we, yeah. we already we already know it's a highly political court. So uh, we'll, again, more stuff to watch. But yep. With, yep, those, for sure. with those two big things that we got out of the way, and thank you so much for for explaining and answering and going through all of that with me. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to the five random questions portion <laughs> of our podcast. Okay. Are you ready? So yes. let's start. <laughs> this one I actually had to think about. What is the strangest thing in your refrigerator? Good question. <laughs> I did. I had to think about that one too. I got to, I got I got I got to think about it. Um, it's not a dead body. No, it's like, I mean, it's, there's nothing that strange. I would say it's funny though. It's like, it shows a certain like obsessive compulsive streak that my wife and I probably have is that we have a lot of like pre-made, like here's one meal, here's another meal, here's another meal of like food for food for for our youngest kid. Um, in a very like, then it's like labeled. It's, it's, it's probably a little bit strange. We're a little bit, you know, I'd probably say that's the most like loopy thing where it's just like, it's like clearly we're a little bit over organized. <laughs> it's not it's not color coded, but it might okay. well be. Yeah. <laughs> that's it's not matching this lock and lock snap colors. Uh it's it, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's we're almost there. That's okay. that'll be next. Yeah. All right. Um I think I had mine is like I have some weird hot sauces. That's probably it. I have some pretty yeah, funny things that are like fruit and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What talent would you possess if you could? Anything. But what what talent would you have if you could have it? Uh I mean are we going supernatural here or uh no or like I mean, talent you know flying not so much seeing invisible flying, okay it's not not super okay okay yeah. so no not a superpower just a regular talent yes a um talent. that's a good question um i'm gonna go with i mean i would try I'm, i I want i'm trying to rack my brain for something that would apply to like political stuff or something okay. like that and i don't yeah. know what that would be like um the first one that comes to mind is I, I never learned to play the piano and I would love to know how to play the piano. That would be awesome. Yeah, that's I mine. guess I'm going to go. I'm, I guess I'm going to go with that. Yeah, that's so, mine, too. Yeah. It's one of those things yeah. where you're like somebody can just show up at like a, a pub in England and like there's an old piano yeah. there and they dust off the keys and they just. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Right. Or it's like a Groundhog Day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Like that, right. You know, that. That's one of the best parts of that movie. Oh my finally, God. And then all of a sudden he's like busting it out. And like, it's like, yes, that would be perfect. That would like, yeah. Show up one day and be like, I am Phil Connors and I'm doing my piano. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. And that is, oh, yeah. that would be incredible. That's yeah. my be uh, awesome. brother-in-law's favorite movie, uh, which yeah. brings me to my favorite. What is your favorite movie? Uh, I am going to go with, I could, I could, I could try to rethink it, but my habitual answer for this question is usually Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I think that's been my favorite movie for thirty some odd years, and I'm going to stick with it. And you know what? So, it holds up. Yeah, I, well, I showed it to the kids. Yeah. My son's thirteen. My daughter's ten. It holds up. Yeah, it's, it's still it holds just up. as funny. Which it's is, still, it's still, it's still really good. Yeah, yeah, which is hard to, yeah. for a movie from. It's that hard to pull that off. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah, yeah. It's true. Uh, but yeah, I think Ferris, Ferris, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's my answer. It's, Excellent yeah. choice. Mine yeah. is the jerk, but uh, it doesn't hold That's up as well. One. It definitely doesn't hold up as well. <laughs> no way the jerk gets made in 2023. Zero chance. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, probably yeah. not. But okay. yeah. 
Okay, well, last two. Your favorite food? Gnocchi. Oh. I love gnocchi. I don't know why. The texture something. I really love Italian food. Okay. And, and gnocchi is my favorite. And people think I'm crazy because it's like, yeah, but I like a gnocchi with any kind of red sauce. That's my answer. I love okay. it. Do you make your yeah. own gnocchi? So you... simple. Oh, yeah. God, no. Okay. Oh, no. I can't yeah. cook to save my life. Okay. Uh, my preferred cooking implement is a microwave. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can boil water. Mm. Uh, I usually don't cause any fires when I do those things. Um, <laughs> that's one of the things about the gnocchi that's so great is that I actually can just make it myself. You get the, this, it's better in a restaurant, but like the store-bought gnocchi can still be very good. Um, it's perfectly solid. You dump it in the boiling water for like two, three minutes until they float. You stick the you stick the sauce and you're done. Yeah, you it's amazing. Really, if you mess that up, something's wrong. I pr- if anyone could, <laughs> it would probably be me. But yeah. yeah, well, I should just warn you because Marjorie Taylor Greene's TV is spying on her. So I gave her a warning about her microwave and dishwasher. <laughs> you should probably they're coming after Marge. Avoid the dishwasher after you in the microwave. You, <laughs> you know what? You know what? They have all these smart appliances now, Marge. Exactly. You know what that's code? You know what that's code for? <laughs> my, the CIA. My, they're after you. My favorite response to her tweet about her TV spying on her was <laughs> some some TV like s- streaming service was like, "Oh my God! I went in and I found Marjorie Taylor Greene half naked on my computer <laughs> screen, and she was like looking as if she had accidentally I'm like." spied on them it's good so, yeah it's good very funny yeah okay so this is the last question and then we then yep. we'll be done um have you ever had or do you have now have a nickname i've never really had a nickname no no i mean other than like t okay that would probably be about it like i'd say t is the closest thing i've ever had to a nickname okay. and it's not it's only sort of a nickname you know okay. but like no that's been about it i would say that's about the closest i've ever had to a nickname not really okay so We'll have to get yeah, you I mean, once you learn the piano. Well, we'll, to, well yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh, man. you know, <laughs> no, probably not that either. I'm sure to a lot of people who uh, who love to hate me online, I'm probably that asshole or something like that. But like that libtard, I don't know. Yeah. That's not really a nickname either. No. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's about right. that's about it. T occasionally. It's like when I guess when people are just don't want to type out Tristan, it's too it's too long, I guess. Yeah, so. people have a tendency of shortening everybody's names. Like it's, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. Joanne, but obviously now I'm, I'm Joe. Yeah, so, yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll yeah, work yeah. on, we'll work on getting you a nickname that that'll suit yeah. you. <laughs> I promise it will not be uh, that asshole. So, um, well, well, it's okay because I'm that meth head who had her kids taken yeah. away or something like that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, again, there's so much uh, to talk about. Like, just touching on the just two kind of big stories. Like, we didn't even really scratch the surface. But I really appreciate. Yeah. I appreciate you taking the time to have these conversations. I appreciate your advocacy and your voice and your fight on social media. Uh, I'm grateful for the friendship, and I'm just you know thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Joe. Really appreciate it. Congrats on getting the show going. I hope to be back again soon. And, you know, everybody needs to support this show. It's awesome stuff. Again, thank you so much. I will be looking for you and your incredible insights on Twitter, as you know. And um, do you want to tell everybody where they can find you? Twitter, yes, but also Instagram and TikTok are the other two that I'm really doing a lot lately. So I'm also Tristan Snell on Instagram and I'm at Tristan Snell 212 on TikTok. All right, sweet. Everybody, make sure you go there. Follow him. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
Thanks for joining me. And if you are listening to the Are You Effing Kidding Me podcast, make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe below. Are You Effing Kidding Me is a production of the Political Voices Network. Please visit us at politicalvoicesnetwork.com. Thank you.